it's such a great team. Everybody's extremely passionate about giving the best experience. And for everybody to walk out of here, learning new things about wine in general, so that every bottle of wine that you pop, there's something that you learned from us that you're going to be able to incorporate in that glass of wine, even if it's not a bell wine. Today, we have Hillary Cole, Direct to Consumer Manager at Bell Wine Cellars. Welcome, Hillary. Hi, Jane. It's good to see you. Wonderful to see you. You've been with Bell Wine Cellars now for? Six months, got here in June, so wrapping up my, uh, my first calendar year here. Yes, and pretty exciting year. Yeah, um, there's there's so much going on, right? I mean, there's so much going on for all of us. Um, but Bell is in a really cool Renaissance era right now. Um, so the winery is itself 30 years old. Um, and this is our actually our 30th anniversary. Um, but you know, we have new staff members who come in, a new team um, to augment our existing team. Um, the, the winemaker and I have been kind of like working together on, on the wines focus and everything. Um, we've, we've talked about it before, but we have the remodel, um, for the tasting room, uh, is, is all locked in. We've worked with the architect to work out some kinks to get the design exactly the way we want it, uh, you know, for our guests to come in and have a private room, um, instead of being commingled, like every, every appointment will be private in their own room. Um, and so there were some challenges definitely presented with working that out logistically, um, with the architect and getting, you know, water and all the nonsense, like all the things like, I just want it to look pretty, make it work. Um, yeah. so just those, uh, those conversations to get everything together for the new tasting room. Um, but that is settled and we are, um, we're, we're, permits are in place. We're good to break ground. We're hoping to break ground on it. Um, in January, it's most likely going to be March when we do. Um, if, if we get some miracles that come our way and, and we all know the supply chain issues, uh, which is one of the major issues right now, is just getting the materials. If by some miracle, the materials are here next month, we'll be breaking ground. Get it's going. Be very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, yeah. it certainly looks beautiful on the exterior. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely upgrades out there. And as we're in the winter months, obviously less people wanting to be cold right. wine tasting outside, but right. um, having an aesthetically pleasing and comfortable interior is going to be so exciting. Yeah. Like right now it's still, even though it's December, it does like, you know, get to a really nice ambient temperature, like between 12 and three, um, you know, but just for the purposes of that morning. And, and also it's just nice to have like a nice comfortable indoor space. If you want to be outside, you can, but you know, there's also the advantage of being inside available as well. Once the new tasting room is done. So exciting. Yeah. And, um, a little bit of background about you. I mean, you have an amazing background, so if we can just tell... The folks a little um, snippet. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So I'm, I'm coming up on 10 years um, in wine professionally. Um, a little over 20 years drinking wine. Not always very professionally. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gotta have fun. But uh, that's definitely where the love began, right? Doesn't always. Um, so no, I, I, I started out um, in the United States Air Force. Um, spent 10 years with that working in intelligence um, in, in Washington, D.C., um, and, you know, had some deployments around and everything, uh, specifically worked in counterterrorism, started out as a Russian linguist, then went into counterterrorism. Um, so did that for 10 years, uh, and decided that wine was probably going to be more fun. So, um, while I was in that world, I'd, I'd gotten introduced to wine in, uh, Milan, like really heavily introduced to Milan, uh, to, to wine in Milan. 
and it just became a, a, a serious part of my life with like um, you know what, what, what an interesting beverage. I remember the first time that I stepped foot on a on a winery in uh, in Italy. There was almost like there, there was this very real transfer of energy that I, I still get goosebumps from it today. Like I remember stepping foot on the, on the vineyard and feeling like I was at home. Like it was a very powerful yes. grounding thing for me. Like a very connected thing. Um, and so wine became a big part of my life as far as like what is it about this thing that grabs me. Um, so that, that was, you know, when I was in that life and when I got out of that, that career field and kind of, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, one night I just was swirling a glass of Barillo. And one of the things I loved about my intelligence career was all the different parts of humanity that you have to learn, um, to, to do the job that I was Mm -hmm. doing. Like I'm, I'm very, I love people. I love knowing about different places and different cultures and everything. And for what I um, did in intelligence, like to put together an, an effective intelligence package, like you had to understand the topography, the geology, the geography, like the whole, basically the battlefield landscape, um, but also, you know, the religion, the culture, the history, the sciences, like all those other things about the people as well. Um, and I, I love knowing those things. I love studying those things. I guess it's kind of like archaeological type things. Um, and... One night I was rolling a glass of Barolo, trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do? And uh, I was thinking about the Barolo regions, you know, topography and geology and geography and all these things. And I realized that those aspects of humanity that I missed needing to know for my last career field are in every single bottle of wine. And and it's something that's already a big part of my life. So it was a a way for me to remain engaged in understanding those pieces of the world, um, just with a different outcome and a different product. (laughs) Absolutely. Makes sense. That's so neat. So that's how it, that's how it began. Uh, what I found though, was that wine at the time, you know, um, at the time, like the Psalm films had just come out and everything and everybody knew what a sommelier was and I was not a sommelier. Um, and I had never studied wine professionally. Um, I just drank a lot of it and, um, and I had an extensive background in management and, um, was wrapping up my MBA. And so I thought I'd be, you know, a shoo-in like, yeah, we can get into wine and go manage something about wine. Right. No, no. Everybody was like, honey, you don't know anything. Get out of here. And I was just like, what? You know? Um, and I, I think it's probably easier to get into wine now, but at the time, um, with no certification, there was no getting into wine management at all. So I, uh, went to go bartend at, uh, seasons 52 in Sacramento for, I was there for a little over a year, um, while I started taking the, the sommelier certification exams and everything and, um, ended up from that job, um, you know, as soon as I got the certification, I got picked up. Right. Um, and so from there I was the GM and, and wine buyer for uh, my first restaurant and then just kept kind of moving up in echelon. Um, until my final restaurant, I was the wine director at Ella Dining Room and Bar in Sacramento. And, uh, from there I got onto the wine side, you know, like once you've run, um, a program like Ella's, you know, it's a wine spectator award winning, you know, Michelin level restaurant. Once you've run that, it's like, what am I going to shoot for a three-star restaurant? You know, like, no. Right. Yeah. So got over to this side and it's been really cool because, um, on the producer side, you get to learn such a different element to everything. Like you get, you're, you're involved in, in a completely different element than you are on the sommelier or buyer side, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it's been really cool. And then to come to Bell specifically, which is in its, in a Renaissance in and of its own, um, 
in, in so many ways. And it's, it's almost like going back to the beginning because my life was in its own little renaissance when I got into wine. And so now to, to be at a winery that's kind of going through that same thing, it's really cool. Very exciting to be a part of. And that kind of led me into my next thought is just what, what about Bell Wine Cellars specifically and about the wine and the region, you mm-hmm. know, the areas that mm-hmm. the uh, grapes are grown? Yeah. For all the different, because there are several, you know, what makes it so special? And Well, I mean, that, that's a good question. You know, Napa's got like, what, 700 wineries? And so, like, you just throw a dart at the valley and, like, you're <laughs> going to come across like, a good bottle of wine, right? Um, I'm, I'm very selective about where I'm willing to work. I, I know it sounds like, incredibly snotty, maybe, but uh, I'm very selective about where I'm willing to work because I, I need to be able to believe in the wine. I need to be able to believe in the project. Um, I, I just, I feel like I've spent too much time, money, and passion um, on getting where I've gotten that I I don't want to trade the integrity to just go anywhere. Right. Um, and so what I love about bell is, um, you know, kind of it, it's, it's history and helping to lead, um, you know, single clone Cabernet research. Um, I'm, I'm a consummate nerd, right? Like I'm an absolute dork. Um, and so anything that's got some analysis behind it or that has an academic and research drive behind it, I'm going to be all over it. Um, and so with Bell's history of, uh, being sort of participatory and single clone Cabernet, um, that in and of it, that in and of itself, like there's just not, it's just not a thing that everybody in Napa is doing. Um, and to do it to the quality level that that's being done, you know, like I, 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 I'm not going to trade um, the palate that I've built and the wine knowledge that I've gained. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to trade down by putting a, a, a poor glass of wine in front of somebody. You know, if I can't get behind the wine, I'm not putting it in front of a guest. Um, and the, the balance in these wines is you know, it's extraordinary. And, and it's extraordinary because the research was done. And it's kind of like, a you know, not to overstate um, uh, the history, but if you think about, you know, like the monks in France, right? You know, like 1,300 years of monks just chilling in their abbeys and like taking notes and everything and doing all this research. And now, you know, fast forward, France is like, they're, they're the world's leading experts on what to do with wine where, right? Um, not a lot of people will accept it, but the truth is, is every wine wants to be a French wine. Don't tell John I said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants to be a French wine. Um, and if you think about like the amount of, the amount of research historically um, that was put into developing um, the wine industry in France, um, on a much smaller scale, you know, like Bell has, has kind of put that research in on the single clone thing. And so I, I like that, um, you know, that kind of parallel with, with research. Um, like I said, you can go, you can go a lot of great places in Napa, but for me being as academics driven as I am, I, I like being at a place, um, that's almost like a teaching winery at the same time. Right. So providing education when our guests are coming yeah. is a critical yeah. element, which is just, you can go to hundreds so of winery fun. in Napa and have, you know, a portfolio of wonderful Cabernets. You're not going to find hundreds of wineries in Napa that have a wonderful portfolio of single clone Cabernets where you're under where you get the opportunity to understand how each single clone is itself like an instrument like a single instrument in an orchestra beautiful and and that's that's what it is so yes so some new partnerships that happened this year yeah um 
excellent timing on that because this week we're wrapping up um, our launch with uh, moving our reservation system over to talk. Um, you know, it's kind of part of that modernization and, and renaissance, um, you know, phase that we're in. Um, so looking forward, looking forward to that partnership. Um, talk has been, um, in my experience, they've always been a wonderful partner to have. Um, extremely user friendly. Um, and just, I think most people, um, you know, kind of know to go to talk, you know, to make their reservations for wineries in, in Napa mm -hmm. now. Um, and so, you know, that, that training has already been there. So I think it's going to be a, a, a great partnership for us. Yes. Yeah. Always good to keep up to date yeah. on the tech side. And then also, um, as far as uh, partnerships within kind of this community, this wine community, Somsation yeah. is a newer. Um, Somsation, great. I'm really excited for this partnership. So Somsation, um, they are a startup. Like they, they've literally just launched themselves in the in, in the last couple of weeks, and we're going to be one of their um, one of their you know first out the gate partnerships that they're that they're starting with as well. So essentially, what they do. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I, I think it's woman-owned and definitely woman-run, and I think woman-owned too. Uh, but they have a team of sommeliers, uh, you know, one of whom is a master sommelier, Michael Meager, out in, out in Boston. Um, but they've, they've got a team of sommeliers, and it's almost like Airbnb for virtual wine tasting. I did not under, I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, interesting. It's, it's really interesting. So you go on their website or you go on their app, and let's say, you know, your corporate partner, like you're having people over or something and you want to do a virtual wine tasting, uh, but you don't necessarily know which vineyard to go to. This is kind of like choosing from a menu of these virtual wine tasting um, experiences. And so each of the partner wineries has, um, you know, like their experiences that they allow some station um, they they host everything and so you like basically just go and you choose from their menu of experiences and then one of their you know highly certified high, highly trained you know like legitimate like i said you know one of them is a master sommelier um psalms like leads the tasting and so Neat. you know corporate people will go on there and be like oh we want to have a team building event or you know something like that and so uh and that's one of our click, okay we want the bell wine cellars wine exactly and it would be their sommelier it would be their psalm leading it, uh, but we work very closely with uh, you know what that experience needs to needs to yeah. be like, um, it, so that mm -hmm. so the branding is consistent and everything. So we work very, very closely with it. Um, it it basically uh, allows you know more people to be able to have access to enjoy our wine. We're a very small team, um, and with very tight reservations. You know, like. You, you're, you can't just walk in and right. even calling to make a reservation, you know, they're, they're not always available because we're such a small team. Um, and so it's another avenue to, to be able to have people, um, you know, help us with, with satisfying that demand for tasting. Yes. Oh, that's very neat. Yeah. What are we drinking today? What'd you pour for us here? Uh, treats. Uh, <laughs> this is the uh, 2018 single clone 169 uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. And this is... Uh, Maybe it's the it's very kind of a darker, broodier, um, like more masculine expression of, of Cabernet. It's a Bordeaux clone, um, and it's just it's just kind of what I was in the mood for. I mean, I'm, I'm in a very chipper, upbeat mood, but I wanted something dark and broody. I kind of know. foggy <laughs> outside today. Yeah, you know, you know like it's it's, it's that a kind of wintry mix. You. Okay. Yeah. So, and you were just asking about uh, for the holiday table, like. Mm. 
that even with your chili very good yes no oh. excellent uh, one of the things that uh, we definitely want to uh, resume and, and really develop is our private in-home tasting program. Uh, this is a program that's specifically for our wine club members. You do have to be a wine club member to participate okay. or, or to, to have us do one. But, um, you know, essentially we understand, and this is even pre-COVID, you know, even pre-COVID, it can be difficult um, for our wine club members who aren't necessarily local to get out to Napa with their friends and family or even by themselves, right? Um, and, and we understand that. And so we developed this private in-home program for our wine club members so that we can come to them and we can bring the valley to them. Um, you know, especially for those members who don't live locally, it's, one of the perks of membership is being able to come and bring your family and everything and have complimentary tastings. Well, if you don't live here, you don't get to participate in that as much. Right. So, um, we basically, if a, if a member invites us out, you know, I, I come out and, um, bring the flight to them, the flight of wines to them. And it can be as, you know, simple or as extravagant as the member themselves wants it to be. Um, we take care of, the samples we extend a um, a bottle discount and shipping discount to their guests all that we ask is that our members and they've been really wonderful about this um, and because it's actually pretty easy uh, we ask that our members you know procure a guest list um, that will yield basically about five cases or five thousand dollars in sales from the tasting um, and we use that to help cover our travel costs because we, we travel we uh, cover you know the rental car the flight the hotels are uh, our per diem you know like the the meals and everything mm -hmm. like we travel we cover every single bit of our costs to come out to them um and so we just ask that their that their guests um you know understand that there's a, a minimum purchase that we'd like to see but five cases if you have 10 people there that's easy how fun <laughs> yeah. that sounds great so there will be um you know kind of a, a renewed focus on that um, and they choose like how many wines they would want or you kind of put together different packages yeah per... we could put together different packages usually it's like whatever we're doing on the tasting room flight we'll bring out but you know everything is yes but right like it's wine everything is yes but customizable uh, exactly <laughs> so um you know if somebody wants to focus on the clones instead we're happy to do that um it's something that we love to do um i know i certainly miss doing it um and so yeah like not everybody can get out here so we'll come to you yeah, it's quite the experience, I'm sure, in your own home mm -hmm. to be educated on a, a variety of amazing wines and yeah. food pairing if, if yeah. wanted. So that sounds like a great package. Yeah, yeah. it's always fun to drop in and say hi. Yes, well, yeah. I'll have you over soon. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Do you travel for the holidays? Usually. Um, I won't be this year. My family lives in New York and, you know, Things are what they are right now. So I'm not traveling um, this year, but I am going to, to France in January. So I'm super How excited for exciting. that. How exciting. Yeah. So stoked for that. Um, be beautiful. Very ready to get back to Europe. My two prior trips were um, canceled thanks to 2020. So looking forward to a successful journey. Well, we look forward to hearing all about that. And um, anything in particular, different vineyards, wineries, um, on your goal list? I'm kind of, usually when I go to Europe, what I do is I start in a metropolis um, and then, I, and I rent a car and then I drive um, from one 
place to another within four or five um, hours of each other, but that's all wine region. And then I end in another metropolis. And then the, the next year I pick up in the city where I left off the prior year and go forth. That's the way I usually conduct my, my travel. Um, this time, just because of how everything is, is changed and everything, um, I decided to just, I'll spend a week in Paris, a week in Champagne, and then go back to Paris for a couple more days. Just kind of like keep it simple. Um, but I have to hit my Champagne. And yes. Champagne's only 90 miles from Paris, so it's a very easy, yeah. easy drive. Do you end up buying there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I you take get travel suitcases. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I take a wine suitcases. Because if you run across uh, one of the things... Oh, helpful tip for you guys. Um, not all the wineries that you may go to, like they may not all have um, importers already set up. And, and then there's issues with being able to buy the wine. Like you won't be able to take the wine with you or, or there's all the stupid alcohol laws. Uh, <laughs> everybody should just be able to do what they want. Um, so, but if you have a if you have a way to get it back yourself, like I won't be able to ship it to you if they don't already have an importer set up. So um, if you have a, a wine luggage or something with you to be able to buy it there and just take it back with you, then you can get around that and then you just pay the customs on it, which is still like $3 a bottle. Oh. Yeah. You're not, great. it's not like hundreds of dollars. You're not getting like, Oh my God, I have $4,000 bill now. It's not like that. It's not, yeah. it's not Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, How yeah. exciting. Well, have a great trip. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on our first podcast. Stay tuned for more. Cheers, Hillary. Thank you. Cheers.